Welcome to the Great Iron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here with you. We're going to speed through some football stuff with you here today. Well, I will say that, Emil, just doesn't work out that way. We just get too into it. It's football season. Can you smell the pigskin in the air? I can smell it. It's ready. We're starting in a couple of days, right? Or is it tonight? Do we have games tonight at college? <laughs> guy, I'm serious. trying to get it going. I think there is. Some type yeah. of game action going on. I know there's preseason. Laughing at me. Yeah, I mean. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to find it. You, you games, just keep talking. I, I don't know that they're actual games tonight. No, I jumped the gun. It's, it's yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, we do have NFL preseason action tonight. Green Bay and Kansas City and uh, the 49ers and the Houston Texans. Trust me, folks are going to tune in to that. We've got a lot to get to in the show today. Today is NFC Day. We are going to break down the NFC. Uh, Emil and I are going to give you not only our predictions for each division, but we're going to give you the top five fantasy surprise plays, things of that nature, some guys that might produce that you may not be thinking about when your draft comes around. Also going to give you our top five over-under bets. Uh, and I am going to give you my five bold predictions for the NFC. Uh, and I'll be doing that as we go through the uh, division by division stuff. We also got to get to a college football playoff. If you were with us last week and you better had been, we went through uh, our predictions for the power fives who we thought were going to win the, the uh, respected divisions and conferences. And now we are going to break down for you the all important college football playoff and crown a winner right here on this show. So you don't even got to watch the season. We're already going to tell you right now, Emil in August, who's winning this whole Shadada. You think we'll have the same team? It's highly likely, Emil. I mean, it's possible. Yeah, definitely possible. We kind of think alike anyway. And then there's only a handful of teams that really are in play for this thing. Um, so, you know, it's they highly likely. Be, there might be more if they had listened to us and expanded that thing. Well, but no. you know, eventually, eventually it's going to get there. They're not going to stay with a 14 playoff. I no just way. don't see that happening. And we are in the era of change. When it comes to college football, so there's not um, there's not as much resistance to changing things, blowing up things, um, changing divisions and leagues, and and blowing up um, traditional rivalries. So, um, oh, I'll tell you what. Well, we have some headlines we got to get to, but before we do that, as always, go ahead and hit the subscribe button on whatever you are using to stream this show on right now, whether that's Spotify, Anchor or Apple Podcasts, or whatever it is that you use, or where we are being, we are available on a whole bunch of platforms. So whatever you're using, if you're hearing our voice right now, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. You want to follow us on social media real easy. You can follow Emil over on Facebook, E-M-I-L-C-A-L-O-M-I-N-O. Uh, as always, he'll talk to you about just about anything. And um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok, if you're so inclined, at Gridiron Studs, real simple there. Amo, let's just jump into it. Uh, what are the headlines? Hey, you know what? Oregon's trying to get out of that Pac-12 thing. They're jumping ship, and they're going to bring trying. Sounds like there are a couple others that might try and get out of there with them, apparently, is what I'm hearing. So what do you think of Oregon jumping out of the Pac-12? You a fan of this? Well, I mean, I think it's, I mean, if if you're at Oregon right now, don't you have to go that direction? I mean, look at the Pac-12, right? As you, without USC and UCLA, 
at this point in its history in football. Now I'm not talking about the other sports in football. It more resembles the Mountain West Conference. Uh, just because those two guys left. I mean, you look at it. There's not. There's no. You don't really have a major market, do you? Yeah, uh, no. With you know Los Angeles moving out of there, but yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what's you know you you got the Pacific Northwest teams that doesn't stop the SEC. I, yeah, but you again, we're comparing. Look at look at the Pac-12 with its on-field performance. You're removing its major television market. I just I don't know how it survives. Well, I mean, people- I just want to know at some point, can we change the name of the Big Ten? I mean, they're insulting our numerology, numerological. Listen, at some point, it's going to have to go to the Big 30. <laughs> I mean, that's the route that they're headed. Listen, Emil, we've talked about it uh, several times on this show. Uh, we're headed to, you know, probably two major conferences in, in college football and something that's going to resemble more of an NFL type style. Yeah, I and mean this, this. This looks like it's gonna get out in front of it. Yeah, I think so. And I and I and I think what you know, like we said, I, I I think this is gonna start to come together a lot quicker than we all anticipate. Like a lot of this has, and as dominoes start to fall and teams start to line up, I really t- truly believe we're going to end up with two, three big conferences. Most of the teams that we consider to be you know big time players in college football. Uh, and they're going to be governing themselves. They're going to create some oversight board and their own set of rules. Yeah, well, I'm here for it, Emil, to be honest. If we're going to blow everything else up like we've done, um, I'm I'm here for it. Emil, have you ever heard, or, you know, the rumors, because that's all that it is, nothing's really actually reported, but have you ever heard any number uh, as to what Caleb Williams earns or will No, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what he's making. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's, it's got it's got to be substantial <laughs> if, you, if you had i mean i don't know I, for sure and i don't know i mean I, if I you had to guess though throw a number i out. mean I, I follow a lot of their stories that are like you know just uh, like you have on your bleacher you know where they they put everything in a nice little app for you in bleacher report i mean there's an there's a little uh, plug for bleacher report i think it's yeah one of the and, better sports and notifications yeah you can report, but. you can you can shut some of that stuff down i found you know you can go through the settings but yes, you do get a lot of notifications. That said, so, so what's Bleacher about Report? Your what's Bleacher Reports told you about Caleb Williams? Well, they they had a story with the two of them talking th- that they were laughing at the numbers that were out there when they were saying like Addison got three million, and he's like, you know, basically they were like, yeah, I wish, but no, no, that's not the case. They didn't throw out a real number, but 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 the two of them in this story were kind of chuckling at things that were floated around. So I mean, I don't know if it's what people say it is, you, you know. The, the, the the internet as as I call it, you know, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, it, it tends to would you openly admit, since nothing has to be reported, this is not public information. If you were a player, um, and I'm gonna kind of ask you to go back many, many moons ago and put yourself into your 20-year-old mind. But uh, you know what? You don't even have to do that. These kids have parents. So would you have w- would you reveal how much it is that you are making it? You were uh, what I know. Yeah. So it may stand. I mean, these guys may have a vested interest in trying to laugh off some of these numbers. I heard Cowherd yesterday say eight million a year for Caleb Williams, which is crazy. Uh, He's out earning a a literal ton of NFL players. Sure he is. And if that's the case, I mean, listen, I don't I'm kind of glad it's gone this way at this point, because, again, I. I, I, I hate to be an I told you so guy, but I'm going to be. 
We said this years ago. So when people start whining about this, many of the very people. I don't think anyone's whining, whining to be honest. Just, you know, just us. The players I mean, aren't. No, no, no you'll not. have your you'll have your fans of the have not programs. OK, that can't play in these in these numbers. OK, that will begin then to whine. And many of their fans were the same fans saying the players are being taken advantage of. They well, can you? Paid. Well, OK, they're uh, getting paid. It, yeah, bringing it to the players. So if you're Caleb Williams earning eight million dollars as a college football player, along with your free tuition and everything else. Can you, can you throw an incomplete pass on a Saturday? Are you allowed to, do you mean? I think, yes. I think, I think Twitter is going to get ugly for some of these college players. Oh, well, listen, there's always, you know, there's unintended consequences of everything in this life. And we won't even be able to sit here and guess some of the things that are going to come because again, people don't think of everything that happens, but yeah, that's one of them. I think that's pretty obvious that, as fans start to feel, you know, as, as these big name players come to various programs, fans are going to start treating them like professional athletes. Yeah, um, because of the salaries, especially, you know, when you. Well, then the next when, question becomes: Let me ask you this. Let's pretend you got a guy that's making, let's use eight million a year, and let's say he does that for three years, freshman through junior year, and he's a smart guy. He makes bank, puts it away. Is are there going to be is there going to be a point where some of these guys say I'm done I don't want to play in the NFL I got more money than I need and I and I don't I don't even want to risk getting my brain scrambled I think some of that will happen Emil uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope that some of these guys have dreams for um, playing in the NFL of and, course and, but I'm and, asking you do you think do you think that's I mean I, I mean we yeah it's gonna happen guys, yeah of course it's gonna, it's gonna happen especially if a guy suffers a couple of injuries along the way in college football, you know, um, takes a severe hit or, you know, has a knee replacement or, you know, an ACL tear or, or even an Achilles injury or shoulder injury, anything like that. Yeah. We're going to see that. And it's, put, you know, I mean, some- put aside what you do for a living, put aside how much you love football. Let me ask you something. If you're a kid and I said, you, you can be 21 years old, you can finish college now. So, so now you look and you say, I'll just play all four years. I put $15 million in your bank account and then I, and you're really good now. Remember, if you made that much money, you're really good. Mm. And I line you up with a job on one of the major networks to talk about college football every Saturday rather oh, than playing come on. in the NFL. Well, you can't ask me that. Um, I mean, that's in my wheelhouse. So, what are you doing? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, that's what I'm, I'm probably trying to say. taking out, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be, be interesting. Yeah. My, no, I'm going to be honest with you here. My, my, Growing up, one my I think my major goal was to play major college football. Um, it wasn't necessarily to play in the NFL. I mean, as I accomplished goal number one, then that started coming into play. Right. I'm, listen, I'm not saying it's going to be pervasive because let's let's be honest. I mean, most guys are not going to make enough money that would justify what I just described. But you know, if you're a Caleb Williams and you can make eight million as a college football player, and you're anywhere close to being, you know, f- you know, living up to that, then you know there's a lot more money on the table. And we all know that money's a motivator, even when you've already, you know, obtained a bunch of it. So we'll just have to wait and see on that. I just know these. Oh yeah, kids are I don't. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to go crazy here. I'm not jumping the shark. I don't think 90 percent of these players are going to do this. I'm just saying there's going to be somebody out there someday that shocks the world. Sure. Oh, you know, speaking of that, I don't there's know. There's going to be this. another Robert Smith. 
Um, of course. And, and we had that anyway in the professional football ranks. But yeah. um, did you hear the story about the LSU quarterback that um, basically retired? I forget the kid's name, but I, I yes, I, I don't know his name either. I, I'm not going to pretend that. But yes, I, I'm familiar that a, a kid decided he's done. Kid had a core, uh, you know, a, according to sources, had a number of NIL deals that he was paid on. Um, and there's no there's no recourse in getting that money back. He's going to keep he's going to keep. Well, that no, money. I mean, what's what's the recourse um, at this point in time? There is none. I'm right. thinking down the road, though, there will be. Well, I mean, again, what you're what you're describing is the problem with this whole what we have right now. You have this this bastardized system, and eventually, the only way it's going to get standardized is to migrate it into what is essentially pro football. Yeah, amateur pro football. Am, well, well, amateur pro football. Yeah, we I do think a lot of things happen. anymore with with language, right? So I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they called it amateur pro football, since people think naming something something makes it so. But when you get paid to do something, that's by definition, you're a professional. Yeah. And perhaps that's what we've, you know, perhaps that's what's in mind also is we start to move teams around into these two big conferences that it seems like we're headed to an SEC and a Big Ten uh, that, you know, possibly will get renamed. Maybe that is the move that it, it from from a playoff standpoint. It starts to look like the NFL, and then, so far as the compensation and contracts are concerned, it really starts to look like the NFL, where you do have something concrete, um, and maybe there are limits put, uh, maybe there's a cap put on these things, and maybe there is a, a recourse if a if a kid decides to transfer, uh, retire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We 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 may be moving in that direction. Speaking of contracts, Nick Saban. This week signed a new eight-year, $93.6 million deal to be the head coach of Alabama Crimson Tide. Amal is he? I have two questions for you. You think he has eight years left? And do you think Nick Saban is underpaid, even with this new contract paying him $11.7 million a year? It's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking the same thing this morning. It was just, you know, you have these fleeting thoughts. I I I'd seen this, I saw the story in it. You know, if, number one. We all want to retire Nick Saban, kind of the way everybody's wanted to retire Tom Brady for the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Nick's going to quit soon. But here's the way I look at it, right? If you look healthy people, what I mean by that is people who take care of themselves are living longer than ever. I know that because of COVID, the average uh, mortality rate in the United States dropped a year or something last year. But generally speaking, people who take care of themselves, you, you can pick up any newspaper, you see many people every day passing away in their 90s, okay? Nick doesn't look 70, does he? No, not exactly. Hair standing out a little bit, but... But you know yeah. what I mean. He right. looks like a guy that takes care of himself, okay? No, not what 70-year-olds look like when I was growing up. No, so why the, why the hell? I mean, would, would I find it unusual that Nick Nick coaches till he's 80? No. Who's Let me ask you this. Who, who can Alabama get right now that is better, a better person to coach Alabama football than Nick Saban is there somebody they should be looking at no I mean I mean if you want to bring Kirby Smart back I guess uh yeah but my point is I mean Nick Nick Nick's gonna quit when Nick wants to quit unless something happens unforeseen to him yeah absolutely I mean eight years is a good amount of time especially when you're 70 but how about the second part of that question at 11.7 million dollars a year is Nick Saban underpaid it's obscene to say what I'm gonna say but yes Based on based on the standards 
sat on other contracts, I would say he is. Yeah, um, this this interesting tidbit, the University of Alabama's football program brought in $280 million, I believe, in 2021. So if you go at the, at the risk of pissing so, so people off who are listening, because we know I, I, I'm really scared to piss people off, but mm. no offense to the University of Alabama, but without Alabama football, what is the University of Alabama? Um, serious question. Serious question. Definitely not anything that it is now. Um, and if your football program is bringing in two hundred eighty million dollars a year, uh, you can be rest assured that he has a tremendous amount to do with that. And that that two hundred eighty million dollars is probably funding everything outside of basketball. And I don't know what else would be profitable at an Alabama in terms of a, a you know a sport. I mean, I guess what what I'm trying to say to you is, you remove football from Notre Dame. UCLA, USC, Stanford, they're still world-renowned first-class universities, research universities, known throughout the world, actually. If you go look at rankings of world universities, mm. Alabama's, I mean, I'm not saying it's, you know, because you went to Alabama, you're dumb. I'm saying it's it's not that. So, I mean, you know, what is Nick Saban worth to that school? Probably a whole I mean, lot more than $93.6 million over eight yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, if they're bringing in two, but if they paid him, here. they paid him what he's worth, man. You and I would probably never want to go on social media or turn our TV on. It would just be obscene. Uh, all the things that people would have to say about it. But oh no, I'm not saying they should. I think I think he's being a. You know, I mean, at some point, I don't think he's spending money either. No, I don't a think normal he has to human buy anything in Tuscaloosa. Right, right. A normal human being that's not completely greedy. Yeah. Looks and says, how much, how much do I, I mean, how much money Nick Saban's probably worth a hundred million or more at this point between TV, what he's already earned. I, I mean, he's got, yeah, definitely it's got to be over a hundred. I think he's, I think he's earned at or around a hundred million in salary from, from Alabama right. alone. Uh, and listen, mention- I think, I, I think in the coaching realm, I think my guy Lincoln Riley is a stud, but if he's making 11 and a half million a year, then Nick Saban's got to be worth more than that. Certainly, but then we get into markets and all that other stuff again. And, and the cost of living, have you seen the gas prices in Los Angeles? All right. Oh, no, no, there's no doubt about it. The 11 and a half million in Tuscaloosa, Alabama is worth is buying you a hell of a lot more than it is in Southern California, except the one thing it can't buy, Nick, is the Pacific Ocean. You cannot, definitely cannot do that with that amount of money. Speaking of coaches, uh, you know, you're Italian, obviously, uh, and you're aware of the uh, life and times of John Gotti, also known yeah. as the Teflon Don. I got a college football coach that's the Teflon Don, man. Urban Meyer. I mean, we just saw this guy wrapped up in a couple scandals. He's right back on Fox like nothing happened. He's going to be a, he's going to be in a studio analyst near you on Fox this coming football season. This one right here. Not take a year off. This one right that's, here coming right now. That, that to me is more of a... Uh, an indictment of our society than it is anything particular to urban. I, I mean, that's just the way we are. We hero worship in the society. If you can do something well, especially in sports, and 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 you act contrite, whether you are or you aren't, people are pretty much willing to turn a blind eye to almost everything. I'm not going to say everything, but pretty close to almost everything. Man, what if there is some type of coaching scandal this year in college football, and we cut to the big noon kickoff, and we've got urban needing to give his analysis of said scandal. Like what, 
what are, what are the words? Oh, where, so you're saying you won't where, have any credibility? Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, where are we going? What what can he say in that particular case? Perhaps maybe he can give uh, some good insight. And listen, I'm saying all this full well. Um, I like Urban Meyer. Um, we know each other. He recruited both of my boys. Um, I most recently saw him at uh, the uh, pro day for Marco a couple of years ago. I had a great conversation. Know him. He knows my family, et cetera. But yeah, Urban, it doesn't preclude me from saying, yeah, you you stepped, you made several missteps just a year ago, and you're right back at it uh, on Fox. Well, and two things can be true, right? I mean, he, he probably is a good guy uh, in, the, in the realm that you know him, but he sounds like he, you know, uses bad judgment in other areas of his life. Yes, he's, nice ch- he's, he's, ch- he's challenged. Let's just. Yes. Yes. Say that he's definitely challenged in certain areas. So, yeah, he's going to be right there. Big noon kickoff. And, you know, he is pretty good on TV. So he is. Um, and yeah, I and mean, does not hold back on giving his opinion. So there you go. Fox is making big moves, man. Sports wise. I will say this. I, you know, I think they have the World Cup. They've got this big noon kickoff. They've tied in with the Big Ten, who's making major moves. Yeah, you know, obviously they have the NFL. Fox is uh, they're doing things. They are, but you know what? There's so much major, you know, compared to when we were young, there's so much major sport for TV that if you look, everybody's kind of got their little niche. The major yeah. guys, Fox, CBS, NBC, uh, Disney slash ABC, ESPN. So, I mean, there, there's so much of the pie to divvy up. You know, I think that they each do something well. Do you know what I mean? Sure. This fall is going to be absolutely crazy. We're going to have a fall sports season like we've never, ever had before since they moved the World Cup to the fall. We're going to have the World Cup around Thanksgiving, along with Thanksgiving football and basketball. It's just going to be a wild times. I, You know, you, you folks out there better check your televisions and make sure they're ready for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Overwork this fall. Maybe, maybe get one of those exercise bikes in front of them so you don't you know die from eating turkey and not moving. Yeah, that too, man, because uh, there's going to be some weight gained this fall <laughs> uh, for folks. But all right, uh, we've got some things we need to get to here. Last week, when you were listening to our show, I'm just going to go ahead and assume that you were doing that. We, uh, Amal and I broke down the Power of Five conferences, who we thought were going to win the divisions in the SEC, the Big Ten, uh, who was going to the playoffs for you know the Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, all those good things. We got all that out of the way. If you missed that show, Feel free to go to our homepage on whatever um, uh, app you're using to stream this, and you can check out last week's show. Now that we've done all that, we've got to roll into what teams are going to be in this illustrious college football playoff, Amel. How do you want to do this thing? Well, since I don't think there's a ton of mystery, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, we don't talk about it, so I'm going to guess there's not a ton of mystery um, beyond the number four team. Why don't we just... I'll give you mine. You give me yours. And I have a feeling it's going to look sort of similar. I'm not going to say exactly, but it's going to look similar. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have the same four teams. No, no. But all right. Let me tell you how I'm seeing this. Sure. For some reason, you know, I think Ohio State, I don't know why. I just feel like they have an undefeated season in them to be the number one seed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't know if this is just wishful thinking on my part. But I, I think at some point they want to make sure, or as best they can, that we don't get an all SEC final again. That's not, especially now with the emergence of the Big Ten, I think there's going to be some levers pulled. So I think Ohio State, I have them as the number one seed. 
Lever's I have, Okay. Yeah, you know, because you can, if it's close, you can kind of seed so you don't get a an all SEC final. So I think your SEC semifinal is going to happen. You're going to have number two, Alabama, and number three, Georgia, play one another. And then I'm going with something that I already know you disagree with based on what we did when we did our division picks. Mm-hmm. I, I just got this gut feeling that, you know, everybody's talking Lincoln Riley and everybody's talking, you know, disparaging Oklahoma to a degree. And I have a feeling they're going to play with their hair on fire this year. And I know they're breaking in a new coach. Who's going to play with their hair on fire? Oklahoma? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I got Oklahoma as my four seed. Okay. So that sets up a semifinal. Ohio State against Oklahoma. And I know you disagree with Oklahoma and you have valid reasons. This is more of, I feel like that four team is always someone that surprises, you know, whether it's Notre Dame getting in there or. I think for the last or, few know, years, Emil, that's yeah. been the only thing up for grabs. Is that right? The Washington getting in there, whatever. You know what I mean? So I have a feeling, you know, they're kind of, and I know it's funny to say Oklahoma is the surprise, but I don't think a lot of people would expect Oklahoma this year. So. Then I got number one, Ohio State playing number four, Oklahoma. I have Ohio State winning that game. Okay. Um, You know, I think Ohio State is loaded this year and I just couldn't see any four seed beating them at this point in in August. So I'm going Ohio State. And then the number two, number three game, I got Bama beating Georgia this year. Okay. I think, I think Alabama was a year ahead of schedule as Nick suggested last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, because, and in the final, then I have Ohio State, Alabama. And you know what? I'm going, quasi i guess upset because of al you know not really an upset but i got ohio state win the national championship well how about that good for you there he's got the buckeyes such a northeast type of dude just want to call well, no, i'm a strong. big 10 guy isn't that sound funny i'm a big 10 guy how about that couldn't pick penn state though good great <laughs> no mr pennsylvania no. native all right here's how i see it Amel, i have to agree with you uh from all accounts even based on what we saw last year what we knew was coming back and then all accounts from anyone who's been near uh, the Ohio State program to see it in any way, shape, or form this offseason, they are completely and extremely loaded uh, from the quarterback on down. Um, they maybe have some, you know, question marks in terms of who's going to be that pass rusher that they've had uh, over the past couple of years. And there aren't a, there there isn't the feel about the secondary that has happened in the past. Doesn't mean they won't be great or may not be greater than secondaries they've had in recent history but by and large this is a loaded football team i think that's the number one football team in the country could as you say very well go undefeated i think they've got something for michigan this year um i see the uh sec thing playing out a little bit differently though with the same teams so uh we talked about georgia's schedule last yes you had you had georgia winning the conference yeah georgia's super weak uh schedule um so they're gonna run through that thing and they're going to run in a, you know, obviously Bama, who I think is going to win the West. Again, you know, we went through that last week. And I think this time uh, Georgia wins that SEC championship game. Sure. So you got them I as the w- two seed. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if Bama comes into that thing, depending on how their season goes, especially if they're undefeated. I wouldn't be surprised if they come into this thing uh, with a vanilla game plan and see if they could just win with a vanilla game plan. And, you know, perhaps they don't Georgia wins it. So Georgia's your two seed Bama's your three seed. Uh, yes, you're right. Emil. I don't agree with you on Oklahoma being there though. I could see it happening. Brent Venables is a, is a good coach. What he is as a head coach is a mystery to me, causing me to not be able to make that move. 
You know, I know he can coordinate a defense. I know he's a, a leader of men, but, you know, there's so much that has to go on as a head coach. And I just think that's a big adjustment. But again, wouldn't shock me if you were right. Amal, here's the shocker. You know, I've talked about this for, the, for years. We've wanted to see it happen. And I think in the midst of it crumbling, in the midst of it crumbling, the Pac-12 finally gets a team into this thing. And I think it's going to be Utah. You're not a big fan of Utah. I know you like USC out West. I I think there's going to be adjustments there for Lincoln Riley in in many ways. I think Utah has the physical nature. Um, There are people that will talk about some games that they lost last year that they should. That was last year. I think there's a good team coming back. They are going to get tested in game one in the heat against Florida, a game that I think that they win. And in, you know, within that conference, other than, you know, USC and, you know, maybe UCLA. I just think they're a lot physical at UCLA type team. They get by USC. I think, I think they, they'll be in that position. I think the ACC is going to beat up on each other, uh, which would cause them to have, you know, your top team's probably going to have too many losses there. Uh, I, I see the Big 12 coming down to the same two teams again as Oklahoma State and Baylor. They'll probably have a couple of losses. Utah could be a one-loss team. Could be a two-loss team that garners some sympathy. I don't know. but nah, I, I think for Utah, their whole season hinges on not losing that opener at Florida. Yeah, I mean, I'm toast on this prediction. If they, Yes, if they I think lose. if you lose that game against a rebuilding Florida team. Yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. But I don't uh, either, but yeah, I'm just so saying. We'll see. I mean, the humidity can be especially tough. Sure. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. But. That's what I have. So Ohio State versus number four, Utah. Of course, I like Ohio State in that. Georgia and Bama. Um, you know how I am about rematches. So if Georgia won that first one, you're not knocking off this Bama team twice. You've got, first of all, Bama went to this whole shindig last year with a with a freshman quarterback. Well, he's not a freshman anymore. And it's just too much to deal with to say either one of these teams could beat each other twice like that so i'm saying you see an sec title game where each team is running the ball up the middle trying to lose we can't Um, beat the other team twice yeah i don't you know i don't know if kirby would is (laughs) would play chess like that i know nick could probably play chess. i don't know if kirby maybe we'll see we'll just see how that whole thing plays out you know what i think we're definitely going to find out is these two teams are going to be the ones in there doing it so i think bam i've got the same thing bama versus ohio state and it's ohio state's year Assuming they have the type of leadership that they need, and Ohio State wins this whole thing. So sorry, folks. I few are coming here for that drama. Listen to this show, think that we we we're full of we, it. We lie and that we actually do yeah, talk, they think, but we don't. It's they actually think, scary. They think you and I are Vince McMahon, and we're just over here fixing yeah. that. No, we came up with that. I mean, not that it's hard, and that you know, no, I think not for this. Team. No, not, not for this. No, not for this. But if you, Amol, had ever thought. Um, I might be a little bit off my rocker. You, you, you're, you're definitely going to fall in line with that when we get to this NFC that's coming up here right now. That's absolutely for sure. You know what I miss, Amel? I miss those questions you used to ask me about the game of football. More and more, I am seeing people c- commenting on things going on on the football field that have absolutely no clue. And Amel, they have the strongest opinions. Of, of opinions. Let me ask you this, though. What is your opinion? Of Trayvon Diggs as as a person? No, you don't know him as, as a person, player. as a player, as a cornerback. No, I mean what I see as a person, I like him a lot as a player. Well, here's you know my feeling on this, and, and this it has come from years of conversation with you and just my own feelings on the NFL rules. I think people like corners, right, in the mold of 
Dion, right? Everybody wants the next Dion Sanders. You know, I'm going to lock down that receiver. You're not going to catch the ball. And if you do throw it over here, I'm going to pick it and take it to the house. Well, in today's rule book, in my view, that's very hard, if not impossible to do because of the way the game's called. So mm-hmm. I'm all down with a guy taking chances if he produces turnovers. Diggs so far in his career has produced turnovers. If that means he gets beat on a couple 30-yard, you know, stop and goes or whatever, I'm okay with that because he takes the ball away. So that's how that's um, my feeling. Yeah, my feelings, my feelings exactly. He's faced like relentless criticism. It's unbelievable to me to the point to where I'm thinking, uh, this is just a bunch of Eagle and Redskin fan transplants. Is, are these the giant fan? I don't even think giant fans right now even have the balls to even speak. But then again, I'm from New York, so it doesn't, we don't need permission to uh, run yeah. our mouths about anything. But it's, uh, I'm with you on that. People want more recently a Revis and Sherman type of defense. And I'm here to tell you the way the game is called now, a lot of what Revis did and Sherman did in the Legion of Boom um, heyday uh, would probably get flagged. And it you would can't probably get handsy anymore. You can't all. get handsy at all. And, and it's, it's almost to the point, the analogy, and my, maybe not a good one, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the way I feel about, do you remember in the NBA, you used to hand, hand check a player? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, you could absolutely. hand check. Well, you can't anymore, right? So the NBA is the same thing, right? Guys are coming down, shooting three-pointers, unmolested, step-back threes, driving to the lane. It's the parting of the Red yeah, Sea. Yes, Amel. They're 140 to 125 games in the NBA. Right. It and, you wasn't know, too long ago that San Antonio and the Knicks were would be in a final, and you'd have a 93 to 86 game, or a, yeah. you'd have an 86 to 77 final. Listen, I had this conversation with a guy a few weeks ago. You know, I said, if there was one weakness to Michael Jordan's game is he wasn't as great a three-point shooter as some of the other great scorers. And I said, in today's game, that would be even better for him. And the guy looked at me puzzled. What do you mean? I said, because he would put his head down, go to the rim, and he'd be unmolested. He wouldn't know what happened. He'd be like, nobody yeah. hit me. He, he might, I said, he might he'd... miss a dunk or layup just on a fact of getting to the rim so easy. Right. I said, he'd score 60 points on layups and dunks. Yeah, I mean, so listen, and that's I'm... how I feel about the NFL. You can't touch a receiver. So in lieu of that, you've got to go take for the ball. The ball. That's yeah, right. Take the ball away. And if take you can score away. with it at the same time, great, which is what Trayvon Diggs did. 11 interceptions, two ran back for touchdowns. People want to go on and on about 900 and something yards given up. I don't even know how many touchdowns. Who he cares? Gave he was in the end zone with the ball twice. He took the ball away, gave extra possessions to the Dallas Cowboys offense. I mean, it's on them if they didn't convert it to some kind of point. So, listen, that's what cornerbacks are going to look more and more like in this league. You guys Chad, let me ask get you this as a coach. You're a defensive coach now, so let's do it on one drive, okay? So they target Trayvon three times on this mythical drive they make up. First one, they hit him for an out pattern, one first down, 11 yards. The next one, he gambles. He gets beat for 39 yards down to the 10-yard line. Then they go at him again. On a slant, he jumps it, takes the ball away. So now my statistics say he was targeted three times for two completions for 50 yards. But guess what? The other team didn't score and I got the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure what has angered fans. Um, and, and you know, I've seen a couple of Cowboys fans um, be a part of this. I don't know if it's, if, if, if it's you know, what happened against New England. I, I have no idea. I, didn't, I don't recall a, a play Trayvon Diggs gave up that you could say kind of cost the Cowboys a game. You're a Cowboys fan. I, no, the, the New England game, they ended up winning the game, but the play that could have, yeah, it could have, but I mean, hey, listen, that's his game. 
that's how he plays. And so far, listen, if he's not intercepting passes, then he's going to have to change. But I don't think that's going to I don't think they'd like that player. I don't no, think they would like I, no. I don't no. think they would like Trayvon Diggs trying to be the Trayvon Diggs trying to be the lockdown press corner. I don't think people the are going to Cowboys took him because of his ball skill. He was a receiver in high school. They liked yeah. his hands. They they knew that this was you know Dan Quinn and you know this you're a Quinn fan as, as far as the way he coaches. Quinn's a big believer in getting the ball. Yeah, no question. And he let those guys play. Do what you do best and that was for Trayvon Diggs. Um, using his IQ to jump routes and so on and so forth. All right, um, that's that on that. Let's jump into our predictions here, Emil. Uh, what's the first thing we want to do here? Uh, you know, we have our. We can go through our divisions here. I think we'll do. I think we'll run through. We're going to do the NFC this show, right? Yes, we're doing the NFC today. We're going to have the AFC for you next week, along with the playoffs for both. Uh, conferences, and then our Super Bowl winner that we pick here every year. Who's and after we do our NFC, are we going to give out some NFL over-unders or no? We'll do. We'll break down these divisions for the NFC. We'll give our over-unders. We'll tell you five fantasy teams that, uh, I mean, five fantasy players that you may want to um, get an investment into. You might want to look into those guys when your draft comes around. Um, and then, you know, as we go through these, I have five very bold predictions for the NFC. So that'll be fun. Listeners, if you love getting cash back like I do, then you've got to get the Get Upside app right now. Get cash back on your everyday purchases without changing anything about how you shop or live. You'll pay however you normally do with a credit card or debit card, and cash back will be deposited directly to your Get Upside account. There's no limit on how much you can earn. GetUpside even works with other coupons, discounts, and loyalty programs. First, you claim your offer. Find local offers on everything from gasoline to restaurants and everything in between. Second, you spend. You shop as you would at your favorite spots around town. Third, check in or scan receipts. Check in to log your purchase and you'll be on your way. Finally, get rewards. Earn cash back and cash out whenever you want via PayPal, e-gift card, or check. It's just that simple. I love coffee, and I get mine for free just by earning cash back from GetUpside. Download the app and get started getting your cash back today. Click on the link in the description of this episode to get started. Let's just jump let's, into this. Let's start with the NFC East. I'll go first. I'm a Cowboys fan, so full disclosure here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, and this is a big thing for me, and you can hear the hesitation in my voice because I hate picking a team when I feel... <laughs> Uh-huh. They're 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 handicapped at the most important position, but I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles to win the NFC East. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I I see them a 10 11 win team, not much different than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ultimately Jalen Hurts is kind of what holds the roster back, and that's not to say he's horrible. I just don't think he's accurate enough with the ball. Uh, from the pocket, and I think at certain points they're going to lose some games because of him. But I think the big thing is this division is still bad, and I this injury this morning really, really, uh, to me, hurts the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are like a nine-win team. You know, they're mm-hmm. a 500-type club because mm-hmm. when you lose, if people aren't aware, uh, their left tackle, Tyron Smith, is basically out for the year, tore his hamstring off the back of the knee there's some sort of i forget the name of the injury but it's essentially a, a quasi knee fracture you're talking about a four-month recovery 
Um, I'm not sure Dallas has a plan for left tackle. I'm sure they do, but I'm not sure it's a good plan. And that's going to require you helping your left tackle with tight ends. It's going to hamper an offense that's going to be missing Michael Gallup for the first two or three games. I think Dallas is really going to have to slog it out offensively. I think their defense has the potential to be very, very good. I'm not sure it's good enough to carry a team that I think is going to be challenged offensively. So I've so got where do you them think that Dallas eight, finishes? eight or nine wins. I have the Eagles 10 or 11. You know, we're not going exact records. I got the Eagles kind of what they were last year or a game better. I think Dallas was 12 and five last year. I see them nowhere near that. Let's, let's say in that nine and eight range. I think the commanders are probably a third place type of team, but not, you know, six, seven wins. Giants, bottom of the barrel still. I don't see them improving much, four or five wins. So to me, this division is the Eagles. Yeah, let's start with where we agree. Washington, three, New York Giants finishing last in this thing, and not for lack of trying, good Lord, New York Giants. And you know what? They have offensive talent over there. It's just, uh, it's going to take some time to change the culture there. Brian Dable, uh, brand new to head coaching in the NFL. So that'll be an adjustment for him as well. And then they've got to spend this entire season figuring out if Daniel Jones is the trigger guy for them. I have the opposite of what you see at the top here. I uh, I would agree with you. Philadelphia is going to be a solid team. They did make the playoffs last year, but uh, I like Jalen Hurts just in his second year at this thing. It's going to be some limitations there that's going to cost them in uh, probably some key moments. We had a chance to see it last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just some things that couldn't compute and come through. I'm saying he's probably going to continue to mature as a quarterback in this league. I just don't think they're ready to go out and win um, this division. I think it's going to be mighty close between them. So I think they're uh, I think they're the 10 win team. I think the Cowboys can win 11 games here, even with the injury at left tackle. Um, you know, you know, you're much more you're much more uh, for some reason. And I don't know why you are. Maybe it's just me being jaded, but you're much more confident in my own team than I am knowing the way that they've seem to always have their pants down when things don't go their way. You know, they seem to well, almost I didn't, be surprised. I didn't like, say they were going to go do anything crazy in the playoffs yet, even though we're going to, we're going to come down. But to I mean, this. it's almost like the, it's almost like the Cowboys are surprised that a guy who's been in the league 12 years, a great player who's been fighting injuries the last so many years went down. Whereas a fan, I'm telling you, I'm not saying this to be cynical, I would have been surprised if he wasn't hurt at some point this year. Yeah, so they're used to that. Uh, you know, they're, they're yeah. used to that. Next man up, let's go. Um, I think the Cowboys are continue to learn. Um, they're solid at the quarterback position. Uh, they, are they going to miss Amari Cooper? I think they will. I think Gallup not being there in the beginning is going to develop some other weapons, and then when he comes back, that'll just enhance the team for that stretch run. So I've got the Cowboys nipping the Eagles. Um, at the wire down there and winning the Look NFC at you. Look, you go right. Keep going. Hit me with your NFC North. How do you see I, this little thing shaking the, out? The NFC North um, is going to right now produce one of my bold predictions uh, for the NFC. And that is, I see the Minnesota Vikings winning this division. Wow. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. This is a solid ball club, man. They play decent enough on defense. They've got a sound running game. I think they needed that change at head coach. And um, you know what? I dare anyone here who's standing on Kirk Cousins' head. Just go look at his numbers from last year. Just go take a look. 
take a look. Yeah, you know, okay. you got got your Google right there. Go take a look. I know. Solid quarterback has a problem in those big games, man. You know what? So did Peyton Manning for for a good while, didn't he? Oh Amel? boy, boy, that's a bridge too far. You just took me from Kirk Cousins, and you said I didn't say I didn't say it was the same guy. I'm just saying certain things can be overcome in this league, and that is underperforming in those type of football games can um those things can change especially as you start improving what's around you and you're and you're less um less reliant on one guy and i think that's going to be the deal for minnesota um wins well like give me a ballpark what do you see 11 11 11 i see 11 there so you have to have i mean i'm looking at the rest of this division where do you have you have no the rest of the the rest of the division is trash uh green bay not outside of green bay i think green bay is going to struggle early on um adjusting to not having that weapon there you got a bunch of rookies at at wide receiver you're gonna have to lean on a running game with with a with a golden arm quarterback um and a little bit of gelling on defense still have some struggles early on i like the packers to finish strong though like the packers to finish strong just not strong enough to take the lead away uh and the division title away from the minnesota vikings it's gonna be a little bit of a change i'm more curious who do you see in the fight for last in this division because no i think that chicago owns that you know last year i told you detroit um the only thing they just didn't know how to do was win they could do everything else they're a tough team um i think they're going to to benefit from some of what they went through last year i see them i i could see them winning seven or eight games i think chicago's got a long way to go and they've got a brand new coach at head coaching and i'm not even sure that he's the guy for the job so a five wins four wins for chicago i could see detroit at seven or eight yeah it's funny you know we see the bottom of this division identical i mean i have chicago like as a three four win team and i i said exactly what you said i had detroit like to me they feel like mm, seven and ten ish uh competitive improving i think i think detroit line fans will be excited this year i think as the year goes on i think they're going to see you know them start to play more more cohesive winning style football i think you know that he's a good coach um i just don't you know know me i'm not a big believer in cousins to me i still see the vikings like the the you can't be 500 in a 17 game season so you know that they win eight or nine games i mean they're good enough that at any given week they could take somebody out but then they also figure out a way how to lose at home to a guy making his first NFL st- start like uh, Cooper Rush last year. You know, <laughs> to me, that that's that's the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. And, and, you know, I know the Packers lost Adams. I get it. But I think we're underrating their running game uh, with Jones and Dylan. I, I, I think that's that's a, a powerful and different one to punch, you know, different styles that defenses have to prepare for. And again, I think Rodgers, as much as I'm not a fan of him personally, what can you say? I mean, the guy can the guy can spin a football and I think he'll figure it out how to move the ball, no matter who the receivers are, as long as he's got a decent running game and can run some play action. And they still feel like they win, I don't know, 11 games, something like that, 11 and six. And I think they win the division again. All right. Carrying on. Um, let's head to the NFC South. All right, you know start. what? Let's do the West. Let's do the NFC. You want to do the West? You want to do the West first? Yeah, let's hit the okay. West. Okay. I think the West, like usual, is a very, very interesting and competitive division. Other than the bottom, I think my guy Pete Carroll is has got last place all to himself. Okay, he's in a full rebuild there. Uh, they sent Russell Wilson out of town. You know, I think they'd be bad, you know five and twelve bad, something like that. Six and eleven, you know, in there. Um, and here's where I get a little crazy. 
you know, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be a very strong team this year. I don't think they're going to quite 12 win type team. 12 and five sounds about right for me. You know, I think the Cardinals are going to be right on their heels game back. So, you know, if he's 12, well, let's say the Cardinals win 11. And then I got the 49ers being a pretty good team. I think it might take a little while. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute, Emil. The audio kind of went out there. So what do you have at number one? I have the Rams winning the division with, you know, I'm saying around 12 wins. You know, I feel like they're a 12 and five type of team. I got the Cardinals nipping at their heels. You know, let's say 11 wins. If I got the Rams with 12, I think the Cardinals are going to be right there with them. And I got the 49ers right there, too. I got them like 10 and 7. So, I mean, what I'm saying is I think this is a great horse race in this division. I have all three teams making the playoffs. I think the deciding factor for me putting the 49ers third, while they may have a better overall roster than the Cardinals, I think Murray is such a better quarterback, especially at this point compared to what San Francisco is going to roll out there that I've got them being second. So I still, I can't pick against the Rams yet. I know you're not high on them. I get it. You know, we've talked about it, but I don't know. They're defending champs. I just, until they're beaten, I have to go with the Rams. All right. Um, I already gave you one bold prediction for the NFC. It was number two on my list was, was the Vikings winning the North. I have two bold predictions coming from this division right here. And I think the, the team that's going to finish last in this division is the San Francisco 49ers. That's the team that I think is going to finish last. Uh, I see them as an eight and nine football team this year, breaking in that new quarterback. I've heard all kinds of things going on there. I think they're trying to dress it up. I don't know what the hell's going on. I think there's going to be uh, a bit of a learning curve here. Uh, and at some point it might manifest itself into a little bit of turmoil in the locker room as guys who want to win right now are wondering why Jimmy G um, is not, you know, under center taking things. So I think that's going to be a battle for them. And I don't know that their running game, I don't know that their defense is going to be able to overcome that. They seem to year after year run into injuries on, on, uh, on that side of the ball. Uh, I see there being a little bit of turmoil happening here for the 49ers. So you think internally there's going to be guys looking at each other saying, why are we playing this kid? I don't know if it's going to be said out loud because I think any of the. No, I mean, there's going to be the eye roll in the corner, yeah. like we're playing this kid and we could have a guy in here that we. Yeah. OK, I got you. Yeah, I think I think okay. you might run into that situation where you have some games with offense doesn't score more than two touchdowns and the defense is, you know, mad at the offense. And then the offense gets it to together and the defense, you know, craps on it. And I think you're just going to have a, a, a bunch of that to go as far and get to the edge the way the 49ers did and not get there can sometimes be really, really deflating. The next thing is uh, my other bold prediction is that the Seahawks finish ahead of the San Francisco 49ers in this. I think everyone's writing these 40, uh, writing these Seahawks off, and I don't think they should do that. First of all, Geno Smith is a capable quarterback. It is not Geno Smith's fault that he was drafted by the New York Jets. Not his fault. He is a capable quarterback. He can keep things rolling the way that they wanted there. I think, Emil, internally, there was constant uh, resistance between what Russell Wilson saw himself as in this new world where he needed to be out there, married Sierra, needs to be out, you know, needs to be seen a certain way, and what Pete Carroll thought should happen with his football team, what he thought he was poised for, what he thought his personnel should have. And I think now 
um, with Geno Smith, he's going to be able to have more of what he wants. Yes, I know certain players that were liked by the establishment and the fans there were allowed to leave and, and got shipped out. I mean, guys get long in the tooth. Bill Belichick did this a lot during his run, and it didn't seem to affect him. I think the, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to be okay this year. Not going to make right. the playoffs. I see a 9-8 and eight football team. Wow, that is, I mean, based on what I, you know, what everybody else thinks about the Seahawks, uh, that is a a shocker. Okay, keep going. Yeah, I'm going to run an end run. On top of that also, on top of that also, I think, I think, Amal, the Seahawks win that opener against Russell Wilson returning to Seattle and play and with the Denver Broncos. That's what I see happening. So, oh, wow. Crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I've got going. You know what, though, Amal, you know why? That line's kind of low and you know. You, you know, you know what goes on there. If you would have said to you, have you seen the lines for week one? No, I haven't looked yet. What would you what would you call? What would you say the Broncos should be in that game? Going going at Seattle, going to Seattle, given everything we've heard about. I Seahawks. probably make Denver a four and a half point road favorite. Oh, well, then, you know, you're like Vegas because that's that's where they are. That's is it really? I swear to God, I didn't look. Yeah, four and a half, five is the number I've seen. A lot of people think ah. it should be seven and a half, eight. They're crazy. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, there's people that will think that, but no, then I guess maybe I, maybe I've been around this too long. Maybe your point is valid. I think the betting public probably does think it should be a touchdown game, but I've been around this long. Fully expect that number to get run up. Oh, it'll Uh, get run up. Yeah. When people start betting these games, it'll get run up. But I just think that Denver is a losing team last year. And I know they added a really good player, but to ask them to win a game on the road by a touchdown or more is a lot in the opener. Yeah. Um, at the top, Emil, I've got that flip-flop. Um, and, you know, really, it can go either way. It'll be a game separating them. It'll come down to the final week. I like Arizona to win the division. You can call me a homer and all that. If anyone knows me, knows that I tend to err on the side of less a caution when it involves me personally. I mean, anyone's listened to me predict the Miami Hurricanes and things of that nature um, knows where I am on that. But the truth matter is, I just think the Arizona Cardinals have had a quiet offseason uh, other than, you know, the whole Kyler contract. But in terms of just acquiring guys and bringing all these dudes in, I think the continuity is going to be a big thing that's going to help them. You've got the same guys coming back and then you add a Hollywood Brown to it. And Amel, they're also going to benefit from something that people don't think they should or would benefit from. And that is not having DeAndre Hopkins for those first, what is it, six to eight games? Yep. It's going to force Kyler Murray to spread that ball around to other guys because he'd become really, really reliant on DeAndre Hopkins. And that hurt towards the end of the year when Hopkins was not available. There wasn't the other guys weren't developed into being a guy to make plays. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I think people, the general public forgets that, you know, people tend to have recency bias. They remember the last four or five games for the Cardinals last year where they struggled down the stretch. Especially the playoff game, which was a Right, but, but don't forget, this was what, a 10-1 team at one point or something like that, 9-1? and one? I mean, uh, aside from, look, uh, you take away that mystery play in the corner of the end zone against the Packers where, I mean, they, they could have easily been a 10-0 football team. I think season turned right there mentally. Um, this is a damn good football team. They're good defensively. Um, um, they have a really good defensive coordinator that can put things together and get the job done. And they've got a, they're loaded with weapons on, on the offensive side. And, um, I think they, between the continuity and the weapons and what they have there, I think they're a team that's going to win the division now for the Rams. Yes. They continue to mesmerize all of us 
with the way that they're able to take on these new players and their contracts, whatever they've got going on there. Um, accounting wise, they do a really good job with that. But for all of that, Emil, I've spoken about this. They had to squeak by all of those playoff games. Um, to be honest, they really could have lost that Super Bowl game. They really could have. Um, if we if if we can get Aaron Donald double team the way he was supposed to chase uh, Jamar Chase is wide open down the sideline. They could have very well have lost that game. And there's just something there that tells me, A, they're going to get everyone's best game. And B, when you win a Super Bowl, you can get a little bored with the regular season. So um, talking regular season-wise, I think the Rams get edged out by the Cardinals in this division. So that's that's two more of my bold predictions. That is the Cardinals win the West and the Seahawks finish ahead of the San Francisco 49ers. I've got wow. two more of these puppies Wow. Left. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And then let's roll to the South and then lay out our NFC playoffs. Uh, for, for me in the South, I think the Saints are going to surprise some people. Not win the division maybe, but I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for. Personnel-wise, they're very strong defensively. I know, you know, there's no more Sean Payton, but you're keeping your defensive coordinator. And you know what? I'm going to try to not hold his coaching record with the Raiders against him because at the time the Raiders were a real train wreck. Can we agree on that? Oh, no, I agree. Okay. They've, they've been that for the greater part of two decades. Well, yes. I mean, they're, you know, they haven't, they're almost Jets and Lions status for a large chunk of the last 20 some years in terms of train, train wreck. So I'm not going to hold that against them. I see them finishing second in this division. I got the Saints kind of rolling in maybe 10 wins. And I, and I don't think the Bucs roll this year. Matter of fact, I think it's a long, Hard, hard season. I think Brady wins some games just because he's Tom Brady, whether that's experience in some cases, a couple fortuitous calls in other cases. I got them nudging the Saints, winning the division, maybe going 11-6. and six. Um, But I think it's a tough year for the Bucs uh, as far as what they expect. Um, Saints second. And then I think the bottom of this division, I'm sorry, I just don't see the improvement. I think they're both bad. I, I got Atlanta third. Maybe they win six or seven games. I got Carolina last five or six wins, maybe, maybe, um, you know, and that's just the way I see it. I see Tampa Bay edging out uh, New Orleans for the division title. Yeah, um, I can't disagree with you at the bottom of that. That's going to be a serious fight all year long between Atlanta and Carolina. <laughs> Oh yeah, they're they're fighting, they're jockeying for position in that. I mean, it's going to be a real caged match. um, But I think uh, ultimately Atlanta comes out ahead. I guess is the term I could use if they're third. Um, So Atlanta third, Carolina fourth. uh, Yeah, five five wins for Atlanta, six maybe. Maybe Marcus Mariota surprises us a little bit. Maybe not. Um, And uh, Carolina four four wins. Poor Baker. Um, So I see them three three and four. I've got the Saints winning this division. Um, I like what they've got going on all around. Um, you know, I think they're solid offensively. I think Jameis Winston coming back is a is a really big deal for them. They were just so uneven at that quarterback position. I think Jameis might be growing up a little bit. Um, still, he's, he still does goofy stuff every now and then. It's just less of it. And um, I think he's what they what they're going to need offensively to to add some explosiveness because, you know, Jameis is never scared to get that ball down the field. They're very good defensively, and they have caused the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nightmares. Um, so I like them to win the division. They could also be an 11-win team. So, okay. Well, we're not that different. I mean, we kind of see them the same. My big question, and it'll always be the question until he answers it, 
is can he protect the football? If he can protect the football, that's a really good team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think he does that. I think he does that, Emil, to the tune of winning comeback player of the year. That's my wow. Well, I mean, the talent's there, right? I mean, the guy yeah. won a national championship and a Heisman Trophy. Let's not forget that. So, yeah, that's bold prediction number four out of the NEC. Okay. Emil, are you ready for this? You have Tampa Bay missing the playoffs. I have Tampa Bay not only missing the playoffs. I have Tampa Bay being a part of the only losing season in Tom Brady's illustrious career, thus ending it and sending him to the booth. You know, I, I know I'm picking them to win the division, but I could see how someone gets there. I, I think he figures out how to not go out that way. I think he does more of a Peyton Manning, not win the Super Bowl, but he figures out a way how to win games. But there's something not right. I don't care what they say he was doing when a guy just disappears for seven or 10 days in training. Camp. In football season, this guy, yes. the guy that yes. we see throwing passes on vacation. Yes. Yeah, something's up. Something's going on there. I'm not even saying that's a huge contributor. I'm just saying that's just another thing that I'm seeing. Um, you know, I love Todd Bowles, brand new head coach. All right. I'm not saying brand new to head coaching. He's been a head coach before, but brand new head coach here. So there's some adjustment there. You've got you're opening up at Dallas and at New Orleans. Again, a team that's kind of owned you. You've got Green Bay. You've got Kansas City. You're at Pittsburgh. You're playing Baltimore. You're playing the Rams. You know, you've got you know, San Francisco, even though I think they're going to be less than what they've been. It's a physical game. You're at Arizona on Christmas Day. You've got a tough schedule, man. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. I'm assuming you see them as like an eight win eight, type nine. Of team. Eight, nine. Eight, okay, nine but, but, but is it even possible to lose that much when you're going to get, hopefully for them, four wins against the bottom of your division? Um, yeah, because of all the other stuff that I named. Okay. Fair you know enough, because I mean? you and think you, the rest. If you of the get schedule, on a bad run, yeah, you get on a bad yeah. run. Like one of those teams could jump. Sure, up and surprise it's the NFL. Know. They all, they all, like my dad used to tell me, they all get paid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and, and though we think Atlanta and Carolina is going to be bad, man, one of those two teams may finish strong. They may suck at the beginning of the year and end up finishing strong, and then you got to go to one of their places and something crazy happens. So, yeah, okay. my man, um, that's 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 my bold prediction number one. Brady's first losing season. Wow, in the NFL um, well, could be his last, or if he's a guy to say, you know what, I'm not going out that way, and I'll come back again. Let me quickly, and then you do it. I'm going to run you through my NFC playoffs because we got some other things we got to get to on the show. Uh, NFC playoffs. I mean, basic based on what I said, I have the Rams as the one seed, so they'll be off the first week. The two seed Tampa Bay, which is what I have. I know you have them missing the playoffs. That'll that'll have them playing my number se uh, seven seed, the 49ers. Okay. First round, I have San Francisco taking Tampa Bay out. So again, to your point, I was feeling some trepidation about Tampa as well. I'm just giving mm -hmm. them the Brady factor. Okay. But I have them eliminated round one by, by San Francisco. Uh, I've got New Orleans, the six seed, beating Green Bay in Green Bay. Okay, wow. so again, I have uh, some concerns similar to yours. We didn't talk about Green Bay, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt with Rodgers to get that far. And then my my Cardinals five seed beating the Eagles. Okay, so basically, I have the lower seeds winning that first round. A lot of upsets. I have the Cardinals going to Philly and winning that game. That sends okay. me to round. So you're two. saying the casinos are going to be loaded. With extra cash. And we know that happens in these games. Go back to last year's first round games, all the upsets, if you recall, Cincinnati yes. winning at Tennessee. Okay. Then that goes to the uh, NFC semifinal, which will have 
the Rams home against the Saints. I got the Rams winning that game. Okay. Uh, and then I have the Cardinals at home defeating the 49ers. Wow. Okay. Uh, and then finally, that leaves me with the Rams and the Cardinals in the NFC Championship game. And unfortunately, and this is where I told you I've got a very boring pick. I got the Rams going back to the Super Bowl. Do you really? I, I do. It hurts me because I'll be rooting for the Cardinals if that game comes to fruition. We both know that. But I had the Rams going back to the Super Bowl. Do you know the pain it would cause me for the Cardinals to lose the NFC Championship to the Los Angeles Rams? I know your old team beating your son's team. But I got to tell you, man, I at this stage of my life, I'd just be happy if my team was in the NFC Championship. <laughs> yeah, just win a playoff game. It's been a while. Just win a couple of playoff games. Win two in the same season. Two playoff Listen, games. I'm, I'm going to stay on my same funky theme um, that I'm off. I'm off brand. I'm off schedule here in the NFC. Here's what I got. Your number one seed is Captain Kirk in the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, dear. I've, yeah, I've got them playing the number seven seed. Who's going to be? No, no, no. If they're the one seed, they're I mean, off. I'm sorry. They're, they're off. My bad. The number two seed, New Orleans Saints taking on my number seven seed, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've got Arizona as the three seed, taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, the six seed, and then four and five is Dallas and the Los Angeles Rams. So what do I have happening in these games? Emil, they've been the bye team before, and it hasn't worked out for them last year. Maybe they don't need to play in Lambeau. So you know what? They go indoors, and Aaron Rodgers can be full-on Aaron Rodgers indoors on turf, and they're going to beat the New Orleans Saints. Um, okay. I've got the uh, Arizona Cardinals playing the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Got my, I've got my Cardinals beating the Eagles in that one. And then the Cowboys and the Rams, Emil, I'm sorry. The drought continues. The Rams beat the Cowboys. I'll tell you what, though. It's not going to come down to um, a baseball slide play. <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a fairly convincing win for the Rams in that one. Sliding us to the next week. Um, that brings the one seed Minnesota into a game against the Packers, who they beat twice during a regular season. You know what, Amel? That means the Packers win this one. And uh, they advance to the uh, finals of the, the NFC Championship. I've got Arizona taking on the Rams. Can't get away from those damn Rams. Um, and you know what? Hard as it is for me to say this, I think the Rams win that one. Arizona still needs time to mature into this playoff thing. So Rams Packers in Los Angeles uh, in Los Angeles for the uh, final in the NFC. Wow, I've, that's I've old, got old school, very very old school. And you know what, Amel? Damn Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams beats the Los Angeles Rams and goes to the Super Bowl. I think this is the second year in a row I've picked the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. However, this is a very different path that uh, I've prescribed here for Aaron Rodgers and the boys. I think they grow up through the year. Um, I think getting late into the year, they can have some balance. Um, I think their defense will be strong towards the end of the year. And I think those weapons will mature and Aaron Rodgers will be even harder to defend, even harder to defend. Now that any one of those guys can get the football and he's not trying to throw we, to Devontae Adams in triple coverage like he did at the end of the 49ers. We both picked them last year, okay, to, to win the NFC. I'm not getting traps. But we do amazingly have, you know, you you have the Rams going far. I have them winning the NFC. So the, and you have the, so I got the Rams, you got the Packers. We'll do the AFC next week. 
and we'll see who we like to win the Super Bowl. Let's uh, let's do this because we, you know, we're running a little long here, and people want to hear some of these over unders yeah. if you're we'll betting. Let's do, do the over under section. Yeah, and it should be easy if anyone's been paying attention to what um, we've both been saying. Um, well, why I, mean, I, I, I you got five of them, and I got five of them. Give me your five over under bets. My number five best bet on that is uh, Seattle, since I'm you know so. Sure. Uh, I I don't think they're going to be the tragedy that everyone thinks there. And by the way, we have the lines we are using here from Bovada Sportsbook. Um, if you look at the link in the description that uh, for this show, you can go ahead and click a link there. You know, get yourself set up for the football season that's coming. Bovada, one of the sponsors for the show here, so you can go ahead and hit that link there. This comes from Bovada. They have them at five and a half. I easily like them over that. I've got them at nine. The New okay. York Giants, amazingly. Bovada has them at seven. No way, my friend. Uh, I just don't see them reaching that number. I like them under seven wins. The Saints at eight and a half. Um, I've told you I like them to win the division. They're not going to win it if it's if it's nine games. So uh, I got them at 11 wins. Definitely like them at over eight and a half. They've got Arizona at eight and a half, which uh, I think was selling them short. Yes, I know on paper the schedule is tough, but I like them at 11 wins or so, just like last year. So I like that. And then my number one, obviously is the the big tragedy that I have going on in Tampa. They have them at 11 and a half wins. Bovada does. I like them to be under that comfortably at around eight. Okay. Now I, there's some interesting picks there. Most of them, uh, I'd say I agree with most of your picks um, other than that Tampa one, but yes, listen, obviously. yes, but we'll see. Um, you tell me if I'm wrong on any of these, I'm going to go my, my number five over under. I've got the over under on the Browns at nine and a half. Well, okay. I thought we were doing all NFC, but oh, we'll, we'll allow it. That's okay. You know what? You know what? You want me to save two of them for next show? Yeah, why I, not? I can just say that. Okay, I'll just. I have three NFC ones that I like. Okay, okay. I agree with you a hundred percent. I like the Cardinals. I thought that number was incredibly. What'd you say? It was eight and a half. Yes. I mean, basically, you're telling me the Cardinals are a five hundred team? No way. Uh, the, the Cardinals to me are a double digit win team. I think they blow through that one easy, way over eight and a half. Um, again, it's a high number, but I like the Rams to to be the number one seed. So I obviously think they can exceed 10 and a half wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll go over there. I think the Rams are a quality football team. They now know how to win. They have pedigree. You know, I'll go over 10 and a half. And then finally, this is where you and I disagree. And uh, I, I don't know if this is just me being cynical, but everybody loves my Cowboys except me. Yahoo just had their preseason power rankings. They have the Cowboys seventh. Uh, I think ESPN has them in that range. I don't see the Cowboys winning 10 football games. I'm sorry. They have a tough schedule. They open up with Tampa and Cincy at home. They, they play two trash teams in between that they should beat. And then they go to the Rams and the Eagles. I mean, they could easily start off two and four. So I'm going under 10 on the Cowboys. That's going to be fun. We're, one of us is going to be completely wrong on this thing. Uh, Listen, so I want to be wrong. I, we I know. Be wrong. We, uh, you might what? be hedging over here. No, I'm uh, not hedging. I'm just, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's run through five guys I think that could possibly help out your, uh, you know, your uh, fantasy uh, rosters. I'm not a fantasy expert by any chance. This is just me, the football guy, me seeing some things that I think could happen here. And you, you, you. Uh, fantasy draft guys could take it and run with it. Allen Robinson, obviously, he's been mired in BS um, in Jacksonville and Chicago. He is just going to be 
um, you know, like a, a, a kid in a candy shop, uh, you know, obviously with Cooper Cup drawing a, quite a bit of attention along with an emerging Van Jefferson and all the weapons that the Rams have, that guy can really eat. He's a route runner and he is going to, he's going to be a, that's going to be a really good pickup for the Rams. So I like him there. I don't think I'm surprising anyone with that. Jameis Winston. I think Jameis protects the ball and brings the explosive plays for the New Orleans Saints this year. I see the maturation. Don't let me down, Jameis. Please don't you do see him as a va- I'm assuming you mean as a value pick, as a guy that maybe will yes. fly under the radar. Sure. Yeah, he's not going to be the first guy that most people look to pick in their draft um, for a quarterback. Roll with Jameis if you have the opportunity. Kirk Cousins, again, go look at the numbers from last year. Go check him out. I think he'll be just as good or even better uh, this year um, for the Minnesota Vikings with that maturing team that they have. James Conner, if I could throw an Arizona Cardinal in there. With Chase Edmond um, not in that backfield, James Conner is going to be asked to do more, more carries, more goal line carries, more touchdowns, more catches out of the backfield. That's a guy that's probably going to make some fantasy noise. And then finally, a guy that I personally have watched kind of operating in the shadow because it's been all about Debo Samuels. Folks, Brandon Ayuk on the other side is a problem. The guy's a good route runner, very strong, um, catching the ball. He's probably a guy that's going to be open and not watch this carefully in the red zone. I think a lot more touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk this year, especially when uh, you've got a, a basically a rookie quarterback that's going to need a blanket and people are going to be looking for Debo. Brandon Ayuk's a nice number two that's going to be there for, um, you know, for for Trey Lance. Well, I think, you know, you, you've given people some some diamonds in the rough to uncover, you know, people that they can, you know, maybe other maybe other players in their league aren't paying as much attention and they get some value. I attack sure. this project differently. I'm going to give you my top five guys for your draft. So depending on if you have one of the top five picks, here's what here's what I would grade out as top five. And, you know, one thing in fantasy I learned over the years, and I'm certainly no expert. I play a little bit and over the years, you can't overvalue quarterbacks because mm-hmm. in today's game, they all tend to put up some big numbers. So you got to look and say, well, you know, I, I can usually defer taking a quarterback, okay, and get enough points from the position from down the line in the draft. So for me, the number one pick is Jonathan Taylor, the running back from the Colts. He's a stud, he scores touchdowns, he, scores, he runs for 150 yards a game. You guys like that, there's only so many running backs in this league that you can even consider. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you get him, you have such an advantage at the position. My number two guy might surprise some people, but not if you pay attention. I like Eckler from the Chargers. He's a guy that can beat you in a lot of different ways. He can lay a hundred yards on you on the ground some some weeks, or he might catch a hundred yards worth of passes. Yes, yeah, as, as a defensive guy, he's a total pain in the ass. He's, he's like a pain a in diet, the ass. Diet uh always available Christian McCaffrey. Yes, yes. He's he's always available. He plays, he catches the ball, he scores touchdowns. Okay. Some people might expect to find McCaffrey in this list. I won't put him in there because it's risky. He's, he's risky. Hurt. You can't I to me, I'm not using a top five pick on a guy that gets like you said, he's hurt every year. My number three is Cup from the Rams. I mean, we saw what this guy did last year. You cannot cover this guy. I mean, he's always open. Am I wrong? Um, I had a chance to see it up close and personal. Yep, I got to agree with you. The guy's always open. Okay, Very good at his craft. Yes. Then my number four guy is Chase from the Bengals. Another guy that, you know, 
just seemed impossible to cover last year. My, it's no coincidence those two guys were in the Super Bowl. Okay. Um, yeah. Their quarterbacks love them. They love them. I mean, there's another guy. You just you just throw the ball down the field, and he seems to be wide open. Okay. And then finally, he's a guy that is going to help you because you're a big. You might be. Do you have a Viking hat in your closet? You <laughs> no. seem to be a quite the Kirk Cousins fan, but I like his receiver. I like Jefferson from the Vikings. Okay, this is a guy. You know, imagine that LSU team. Think about that. Those two guys were on the same team. I don't have to imagine it. I saw it. Yeah. And we didn't win. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> I just kept scoring and going down the field and scoring and scoring. And now, you know, you understand why They're, these guys produced at a high level there and here. Yes. And that, so those are the guys that if I was, you know, drafting at the top of my draft, you know, in any of those positions, I'd be considering those particular guys. All of them score a lot of points positions of value and again don't get too enamored with quarterbacks early because a lot of guys put up big numbers fantasy wise in in football anymore because of the rules yeah there you go so it's taylor eckler cup jamar chase and justin jefferson for me i'm going with the undercover guys that you can grab late uh alan robinson Jameis winston kirk cousins james connor brandon iuke all right uh, we did our thing here. We went long, but this is some high quality stuff. I hope you stay tuned for the entire thing. If you missed out anything um, in terms of our college football, slide back. Stay with us. Slide back. Hit the uh, podcast from last week where Emil and I gave you our predictions for every one of the Power Five conferences. If you missed that, you definitely want to get that information. And Chad, don't forget to tell the audience. Let me just chime in here before you sign off. Next week, we'll be laying our opening Saturday college football picks out there for you. Yes, absolutely. It's time to get into that. We make our picks every week. Um, and we are also going to finish up with the AFC predictions next week. So, man, we're rolling. You don't want to miss it. Like I said, you got to hit the subscribe button because you don't want to be missing out on this great stuff that we've got coming at you. All right. So um, hope you guys enjoyed it. And we're looking forward to a great football season here with you. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. See you guys next week.